This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. What time is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade us of the world outside of that. That's why sport's important. The last time we spoke to you guys on Monday's Football Pod, we did flag the idea that Sky's Monday Night Football fixture looked a lot more box office than usual, and that's how it turned out, as Ange Postacoglu's nine-man, high-line, high-wire act captured the public imagination and divided opinion in equal measure. Hey, Murph. Hey there, on how's it going? Should Ange be praised for throwing caution to the wind and producing a spectacle like none of us had ever seen before? Or has he shown an intransigence, an arrogance, a tactical inflexibility that cost his side already on Monday and maybe his undoing as Tottenham manager? It's just who we are, mate. That was a question (laughs) that took up much of Tuesday's football pod. We kick things off with a tweet. The working man deserves this. He toils all day at his laptop reviewing documents and spreadsheets. He needs this Spurs Chelsea game. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was ridiculous. I mean, so okay, it was obviously it was it was a tremendously exciting game, but it was a joke. And from Tottenham's point of view, I mean, you know the you know the idea of the pyrrhic victory, you know, mm. where you where you win, but at such a cost that afterwards it feels almost like a defeat. Correct. Yeah. Like historians differ on what Pyrrhus actually said after the battle of Asculum. <laughs> uh, historians differ. I just know some good shit's going but up. But the gist you. of it was, sentence with that. one more victory yeah. like this and I will be completely fucked. Yeah. That was essentially what his, his take was after winning this uh, battle. Um, ah, come on. There's a few hamstrings torn off a few bones. There's a few suspensions in the pipeline. No, this wasn't a Pyrrhic uh, victory. This was a Pyrrhic defeat <laughs> where you actually lost, but with such gallantry that you feel quite good about yourself mm-hmm. until the battle fever has finally worn off, at which point you realize this is worse than you could possibly have imagined. This is a disaster. I, this is one of the worst de- de- defeats I've ever seen a team suffer. In terms of the result, the long-term damage, uh, you know, the the casualties that they've taken, um, uh, you know, the, Romero is going to miss Wolves, Villa, and Man City. Oh, fuck's sake! You know, mm-hmm. of all the uh, like Wolves, Villa, and City, Van could, Ven- they, could they manufacture a Carabao Cup replay or something? 
Don't they can't. They see. They can't. Oh, they don't have anything. It's it's just Premier. <laughs> they just have to hand over Premier League games. You know yeah. that suspension. It's all just eating up Premier League games. This is the flip side of not having to, you know, play Europa League or Europa Conference mm. or whatever. Well, actually, that wouldn't matter here. Yeah. But the the Carabao could have could have. The Carabao was able to save Rodri a, a Premier League yeah. game. You know, uh, but not uh, Van der Ven's injury looks bad. I mean, we we don't know, but I mean, it could. The, the speed he's running at when his hamstring goes, mm. you're like, oh, that could be an It looked week. like his hamstring twanged clear of the stadium. Yeah. Like, it just like, ugh. Wait, ugh. when you're running so fast that it takes you ages to, to even to even fall down. over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, my leg. Uh, and so he might be out for weeks, you know? Like, I mean, he will be out for at least weeks, maybe eight, maybe 12 weeks. Uh, that's a disaster. That's their central defense that's played. Like, that's their entire central defense that's been the basis of this whole great start to the season is gone. Udogi only misses one game. Madison is injured as well. A weird injury. What Mm. what happened there? I kind of felt like with the Madison uh, substitution that he took a look around and said, James Madison might be able to play on, but he might not. So... You know, given the situation that we're in in the game, maybe it's best just to take Madison off now because yeah. he was willing to play on after the injury. Yeah. So I feel I feel like the Madison one might not be as bad. Maybe, as but the, but the it's more the way that it happened where he was trying to make a little run and just uh, like his left foot, I think it was his left foot, just just sort of after it went onto the ground, he just suddenly kind of crumpled. It's like, oh my foot. So you're like, well, okay, what happened there? That's not, it's, it's, it obviously wasn't good. This guy's been, you know, uh, one of their outstanding players. But on top of that, this, I feel, was a disaster for Big Ange. Like, oh, I'm what sorry. What are you talking about? I'm sorry, but what, what were you doing? Well, he nearly, what he was doing was nearly masterminding a draw playing nearly uh, a half of football with nearly, nine players against 11 of the most uh, against 11 of the most expensive players in the world that's what he was doing oh, and the nearly tactics, never pulled the calf on the tactics were an abomination right what what, what Ange Postacoglu did was credibility shattering in my view it was like Why? what are you doing what what is this what is, what is this insanity it's like the, our manager doesn't know what he's doing he comes out after the game and he's like Oh, that's just who we are, mate. And you're like, so who you are apparently is completely independent of anything that might change. You're not going to adapt or respond in any way to changing circumstances. You're just going to keep banging your head against the wall. There is a lack of flexibility there in in the thinking. We got five. We'll still give it a a go, mate. But But don't forget how close he got to pulling this thing off. Oh, and don't forget how close he came to losing (laughs) 12-1. He came a lot closer to losing 12-1 than getting a draw. Like, it's, a, it's, a, it's amazing. I mean, I was watching a clip earlier. Uh, someone had tweeted a clip of all the, the chances Chelsea missed uh, against the, in the second half. First one, and this is, there were only 10 men uh, at, the, at the beginning of this. First one was like a ball down the side. Uh, Sterling cross doesn't get to Nicholas Jackson cleared. Then there's another ball down the side. Mudrick pulls it back to Jackson, blasts it over the bar. Um, there's a ball through uh, the middle to Jackson. Vicario runs out and clears it. Uh, ball over the top. Raheem Sterling's in, shoots. It's get it gets blocked. A three on two. The three on two Chelsea break that led to Yudogi's red card was also another one of these where they where they they caught them. There was you know another ball three for Sterling. Vicario clears it. Another ball three for Sterling. Vicario clears it. A ball over the top for Sterling. Jackson's there. He can't pick him out with the cross. Um, a through ball for Jackson by Mudrick. Vicario clears this. A ball over the top diagonally for Cucurella. Um 
who ignores Sterling standing there unmarked in front of an open goal and Vicario saved it. Now, there, that's 10 really good chances that Chelsea butchered in that second half. That's not including the ones that they scored, right, which was three, three of them. Okay, that is insane. What Spurs were doing was nuts. It made no sense... It was like, why are you doing this? But this is precisely why the game wasn't destroyed despite the two sendings off because that cliche is out there because usually what happens is you get even one player sent off, that team defends, low block, all that kind of stuff, probably lose the game anyway, it's all boring, it's totally anticlimactic. Whereas this ended up being this unique thing that we, I don't know if we've never seen it before in the way that Jimmy Carragher talked about It's unique for a reason, Owen. Sometimes people love to dismiss conventional wisdom, but sometimes there is a a reason for that convention. (laughs) Like Sometimes conventional wisdom is, is sort of like, you know... There's certain things that happen if you try there to do what you're doing. There have been a lot of football games played over the years and, you know, the, we've kind of settled into a pattern here. Okay, if yeah. you go by that logic, you wouldn't have a Pep Guardiola. You wouldn't have anyone. You wouldn't have Roberto De Zerbi. You, you, you do not nothing revolution. but praise Roberto De Zerbi for his changing of the way football is well, played. Well, not nothing but praise. I mean, we do notice that they let in a lot of silly uh, girls. You I mean, give him a lot more praise than I'm here But there's a, cost, there's a cost-benefit thing. But what, what Postecoglou is doing doesn't make sense. Why do you play a high line? Play a high line in order that you can basically try and keep the opponent pen back in their own half and you can okay you're using offside they were obviously using offside and try to use their goalkeeper running out to to defend as opposed to you know what Stephen Kenny might say the slow death of of just trying to actually defend yeah right but the point is that you, the only way you can do that is if if you have got players who are going to put the player who is in possession and the the opponent under some kind of pressure to stop them just being able to pick the ball that they want to play to a runner who's had time to go. A runner who, by the way, you don't have enough men to pick up. They can put a striker, like Jackson was doing this for a lot of the game, standing behind your defensive line. Right? They can just he, He's completely out of the game, but he's in a great position to take advantage of any uh, anyone that gets away down the side, and then he's there's nobody marking him, and he can go where he wants. He's got an advantage to get there. That was happening repeatedly. His goals both came from... His goals all came from this type of situation. You can't... Now, normally, if a team can do that to you in normal play, but you've you've got a spare man somewhere because they're doing that. They've got the spare man. You're down to nine men. You can't pick up the runners that are that are running through. You can't put any pressure on the guys who are playing the ball. The whole justification for playing the high line is has been taken away by the fact that you're two men down. You can't do it. So if you keep doing it, what like what is this? Do you not understand why you're doing this? In the I first would place? say Are you, part is this of some cargo cult thing. You're like I've seen that. Uh, I've seen that successful teams often play a high line. They defend the half line. That's what we're going to do. We're going to be a successful team. But it's like, yeah, but there's things that go with that. That if they're taken away by the two red cards, you, you you can't just ignore two red cards. You have to adapt. So I would say part of it might have been to try to flummox his opposing manager in the way that he flummoxed a lot of the viewers watching. Well. It only makes sense. It literally only makes any kind of sense as an elaborate insult to Chelsea. It's like, you are so bad that you won't be able to figure this out. So that was Ken Erdy's view. What did Damien Delaney make of Big Ange on the other hand? Boss Cogley's after coming out of that with so much credit um, just for the way he approached the game um, and obviously in his post-match interview as well. So um, it was brilliant. He's fast becoming the most likeable guy in the Premier League. Are you serious? are you are, oh. you are you serious, Damien? Oh, like the, love him. What are you love doing? him. The, but this, this, the, they they were giving away a chance every every forty five seconds. It was insane. Like it was, I, I can't understand how what he was doing made sense. How can you how can you think you can do that with nine men? 
Right, so I, I would say, right, that once you go to nine men, I think you pretty much accept that you're going to lose, right? It, it's nigh on impossible. It's like lottery number stuff, the chance that Spurs are going to get anything out of that. Um, so you can approach the game two ways. One, you can drop off the edge of your own box and you're going to get deeper and deeper and deeper. And that is 100% you're going to lose that game, especially, you know, you might be able to hang on for 10 minutes, but with the length of time that was left in the game, it was, if they dropped off, it was finished because he went to this 4-3-1 formation. Um, and if you let good players around the edge of your box for long enough, they're going to pick you off eventually, right? So I think he probably accepted that he was going to lose that game but he was going to go out swinging and he wanted to give himself, if there was like a 1% chance they could have got something out of that game, he wanted to give it because he felt like they were going to have to score a goal. Um, on top of that, he has he has his beliefs um, and he probably subconsciously was sending a message to the players that we never take a backward step. We're not going to fall onto the ropes and soak up pressure. That's not us. So we're going to go down, we're going to go down swinging. We're going to go down like, you know, fighting um, and we're going to do something different um no it was impossible they weren't going to get a result even with 10 men it was hard nine is 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 pretty much never going to happen so you're trying to like like so if they drop back to the edge of their own box if we just wait to ken and they like you know chelsea would have had you know 2v1 in the fullback area and then probably one of the outside midfield players the three has to go and help the fullback and then the ball gets recycled back inside and you're finished it's over it's done you're going to sink deeper and deeper and deeper you're onto six yard box and a rain of shots are going to come in and you're never going to win that game so he probably just said to his players you know we're going to have a go here it was David Goliath stuff and we're just going to have a go and we're going to get beat but he came out of that game with so much credit you know, for the way they approached it. And it took Chelsea a little bit of time to figure out what was happening because we got to, what, 74 minutes? So what was that, 20 minutes they played with nine men before they scored, I think it was? Mm. Um, and everybody was like, this is crazy because Chelsea were trying to slide balls in and they kept getting the centre-forwards offside. But it took, you could see Pochettino, every time the, 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 the camera cut over to him, he was trying to get instructions on. And it was obviously deep runs, uh, third man runs, um, blindside runs. And the first person that did it was Kukurea when he went through one-on-one. So when the centre-backs are standing on the halfway line as if it's a cliff and they just do not want to drop into their own half and they kept getting the centre-forwards, Jackson um, and Sterling, offside. But Kukurea made one really late run where he went through one-on-one and remember Vicario came out and made the save with yeah. his face. Um, so it took a little bit of time for Chelsea to figure out but my God, for 20 minutes, it was beautiful. Like, I was sitting on the edge of my seat going, this is crazy, but it looks like he's getting away with it. Now, listen, 40, 45 minutes when you factor in um, the amount of injury time and stuff, you're never holding on. Um, and I think everybody came away from that saying, fair play to Andrew Postacoglu. He didn't just roll over and do what 99% of people would have done, and that is just go 4-3-1 and drop the edge of your own box. I'm not saying it was ever going to work, but it was different. It was innovative, and as I said to you, the the it will the, never be it will never be copied by anyone ever again. <laughs> I mean, um, no, it won't. But like, it was still brilliant. <laughs> this like, is how not, this is how like, not to do it. Like, I mean, if you're if you're down to nine men, the, the sheer amount of chances that Chelsea missed. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like how could how could they have how could they have played so that Chelsea had more chances? I honestly don't see a way they could have played that Chelsea would have had more chances to score. Like Chelsea are a team that struggles to score. You know, yeah. over, over the last uh, year or so, their team had a lot of pressure on them. 
when you're winning with two extra players, or, or when you're when when you've got two extra players, there's huge pressure. I mean, obviously you have to win. Everyone is supporting the other team, hoping that you uh, fail and embarrass yourself. That creates pressure. Like if they had been denying them space, mm. just just defending in a normal way, would Nicholas Jackson have been able to score any goals? I mean, he missed a lot of chances one on one. Yeah, but you see, like once you start looking at it from the standpoint of you were you were dead to rights anyway. You were never going to win that game. Once you went down to nine, it was over. So now you're kind of thinking, let's just do something different. But also, I want to send a message to my players that we never take a backward step, right? So he came in after the game and he would have said to his players, absolutely brilliant. You guys are unbelievable. Hey, listen, it was wild what we did. But that's us now. That's our mentality. We never take a backward step. Even when the chips are down and the world is against us, we don't retreat. We're a front foot team. And he was probably looking towards their next game at the weekend. Um, that was the type of stuff I think he was trying to do is just, you know, change the mentality of Spurs that, you know, when something went against them, you know, they just roll over and die. If you drop off with nine men, it's over. Because like Chelsea would have known how to deal with that very, very quickly. So flat back four on the edge of their own box, on the penalty spot, three midfield players and one up front. For starters, like I said, they'd get the ball wide, full-back Reese James would have overlapped the wide player, which means the left side of the three midfield players would have to go to help. Otherwise, you know, they're going to get in along the end line. As soon as that happens, Son would have to drop back into midfield to match that up. And then you're just going to get the run around. Like, Chelsea would have dealt with that in four or five minutes. They would have got their rhythm going. They would have kept going down one side, coming out, going down the other side, coming back out. And eventually you're going to go deeper and deeper and deeper. You're going to get so... You're going to be so tired from just, like chasing shadows and eventually if you give top quality players time and space at the edge of your own box they're going to find corners they're going to they, they have the quality to slide balls in to get shots away they were never going to hang on going that way so what he did is he did something different and he got the best 20 minutes that I've probably seen in a long long time out of, <laughs> in the game of football like it was brilliant like watching Eric Dyer stood on the halfway line as if it was a cliff face and he was doing his best not to set foot in his own half and they got Jackson offside four or five times and they got Sterling offside and Chelsea were getting frustrated. Every time they picked the camera cut to Pochettino, you could see he had to think about that. He he just couldn't, like, he wouldn't have had to coach if they did drop back to the drone box. Pochettino was put to work last night. He had to think, oh my God, this cannot be happening to us. Um, and it was just out of the box thinking. And I love it. And I think it's brilliant for him. And then you factor in his interview afterwards when they asked him about the decisions. I mean, after the, the shenanigans of Arteta over the weekend... Yeah. To hear that guy just go, you know, in 26 years, I've had some good ones, I've had some bad ones. We need to stop the erosion because that's essentially what's happening, you know. And I thought he was just he was just on the money. He was on the pulse of, of, of what the majority of people are feeling. Um, and I just I thought it was brilliant. And, and Tottenham came out with so much credit last night. And if I was a Tottenham fan this morning, I would be feeling so proud of my football club for what they did last night. Um, and I was honestly, I was genuinely enthused by it. Um so that, that was kind of my take on it, to be honest with you. Pasta Coglu, Damien, was asked afterwards in that same interview about the high line and why he stuck with it. It's just who we are. It's who we're going to yep. be till, uh, as long as I'm here. And, and that, but that doesn't change. It doesn't get compromised at 10, 10 or 9 men. Obviously not. We go down to 5 men, mate. We'll have a crack. Now, <laughs> that tallies with what you're saying. He's sending a message to his players. But is he not, yeah. also, is he not also, also telegraphing his game plan to all future managers? Again, so I can imagine Pep Guardiola sitting home watching that going, well, geez, we know there's no flexibility in your thinking. We know exactly what you're going to do at all times. And actually, uh, th- that, that, uh, in, that intransigence yeah. could be seen as naivety and could cost them long term. 
Yeah, like I don't I don't, like like again, if a game requires him to sit in and soak up pressure, you know, like it's eleven v eleven and they're one nil up or whatever just five minutes ago, I'm pretty sure that he, he is flexible. But he was just absolutely sending a message to his players there and the fans and the football club that he is trying to change Spurs' identity, their genetics, because you know, we've all heard Spursy and that, you know, like mm-hmm. He's trying to change that. He's trying to change the mentality of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club that we do not roll over, we do not throw a toll in. Um, and last night was part of that. And that interview that you heard, that little clip there, is, you know, we got up to five men, we're having a go. And his players are sitting... I swear to God, I, I, I get a little bit like butterflies in my stomach when I hear that. <laughs> my manager said, if my manager said something like that, I'd be like, fuck yeah, we're having a go. You know what I mean? I'd be like, oh, I'm on it, I'm loving it. I'd come in this morning, like the Spurs players are coming in this morning for their cool down. And I, I guarantee there's a good atmosphere. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Yo, I'm getting ready to put y'all up on something, man. Yo. Put your respect. Put your respect on my name. I've won five, five World Cups. It's personal between me and I'm going to give you some serious arm, you big stiff idiot. Okay, all right. Who are the people who are going to get together and go, ooh? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yo. Are Kante and Rudiger going to be like, ooh? As for the Quetta and Jorginho, like, ooh. Little pack of alpha dogs, like, ooh. Is Mason Mount the senior man? Ooh. Like, ooh. Who's the, who have we got here, you know? Ooh. He thinks he's, he thinks he's the dogs. Ooh. He thinks he's all that. Ooh. Ooh. We're live on Channel 5. Alright, go on, one more. Also, you're gonna need 10 plumbers to do you when I've got to finish with you. Also, you are getting it. Where do you stand on the Ken versus Damien debate there, Murph? I've got to say I'm siding with Damien at this point. I, not even for the reasons that he gave Spurs a chance of getting a result. I don't care if Spurs lose 4-1, 10-1, win 4-1. I want to be entertained. And I feel like the man has and will continue to entertain oh. us as Tottenham manager. Grant, great. Well, uh, when Ange puts a, a pair of circus clowns in at centre-half to replace the two that he lost on Monday night, then you'll probably clap him on the back and say, well done, Ange, you've entertained me. Football is a business, a serious business. An entertainment business. No, I'm with Mr. Early. He's not there right now. I know, but You're I'm pointing, pointing over where, at his empty I'm chair. I'm pointing where he usually sits. He doesn't generally sit in on the, the old promo. 
generally Owen would suggest that he has in the past done this once I believe he's never done this it's embarrassing (laughs) I'm not an Arsenal fan either but I have been inundated by emails from those guys Mm -hmm. after questioning the wisdom of Mikel Arteta's rant uh, earlier on in the week that's kept me busy for the last few days anyway we had an incredible chat yesterday with Neil Hoey he plays for Ireland's amputee football team about his story which is remarkable in his own right he also speaks brilliantly about the role that amputee football has played in his life and the progress that it's made as a sport in recent years certainly our first time venturing into that version of the game and it was well worth a really good chat you can sign up to the World Service for five euro a month plus VAT to hear that conversation and to find out what this is all about Will it even make sense when you listen to the well, interview? It might make a little more sense. Yeah, yeah. That's all on the World Service for you now. We, that's, all, that's all I'm giving <laughs> on that one. That's all I'm giving on that one. No, no context. No. It's Brano's fault though. Yeah, we can all lay that one on Brano. We're also very proud at Second Captains to be bringing you the new podcast series episode with Richie Sadler available to everyone wherever you normally listen to your pods. You may have heard this week's conversation already. If not, it's a really special one with Shamrock Rovers four in a row winning manager Stephen Bradley. Stephen's nine-year-old son Josh was diagnosed with leukemia last year, something he's still being treated for. Stephen described for Richie the moment no parent wants to go through when he and his wife Emma first learned about Josh's diagnosis. When it was said, obviously myself and my wife were obviously devastated. Your world completely flips and changes, and and uh, I don't know what it was inside me at that moment in time. My wife is obviously really upset and crying. But straight away I asked the doctor, well, how are we going to make it better? How are we going to, what's the plan? What's the, I don't know, it was, it was my way of dealing with it, obviously, in terms of I wanted to know the next step. I wanted to know how we're going to get through this. And, and rather than think, why, why has it happened? And be angry about it. Um, because that's the nat- natural reaction. I, I wanted to know and understand. First of all, can he get better? And, and if he can, how can he be- get better? And, and um, the doctor turned around and said something that um, we would always speak about and, and has lived with me to this day. And she said, right now, it's your world is upside down. She said, Monday morning when we start this treatment, that's, that's the best day. And um, it must have been the look on her face, the way we were looking at her. And she said, because that's the road to him getting better. Um, wow. And she was right. And she just said, you have to, you have to, you have to break it down to, to the moment, to the hour, to the minute. Because Josh's treatment was so intense. Uh, 60 days of really, really intense treatment, chemo, steroids, that you, you can't look. We had the plan in front of us and she said, you can't look at day five, six, ten, twenty. You have to look at day one. And just deal with day one, and then when that's over, deal with day two, and um, and that's what we did. We we just went into survival mode and thought, right, this is what we have to do to get through this for Josh. And we went in the room, and and Josh had seen that both was being upset and crying, and and my wife when she looked at Josh started crying, and and. Uh, my wife said, look, it's me hay fever, Josh, but he's a clever boy. And only weeks later, when we were lying in the hospital with him, he said that he knew it was, it was uh, leukaemia because the doctor had mentioned it in front of him at the very start. And he said, I knew it was that. Yeah, it's a really 
powerful, really emotional conversation. Yeah, it's incredible. As you can Absolutely tell, incredible, clip. yeah. Heartbreaking, obviously, but with lots of beautiful moments as well. I just love Stephen talking about Josh playing a starring role in the title celebrations. Yeah. It's just a lo- lovely moment yeah, with it. How good the, the team were with him and everything. Oh, was. amazing. Yeah. yeah, the relationship between the players and how much they're a part of things as well, yeah. which is something yeah. I didn't quite realise. It's also great to hear that Josh is back playing football again. So just subscribe to episode with Richie Sadler to hear that one. As I said, anyone can listen to that. To support that kind of broadcasting, please do consider becoming a World Service member on secondcaptains.com. The Second Captains Podcast is part of the ACAST Creator, Creator Network. Network. Thanks, Kieran. Oh. Talk to you soon. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade us of the world outside of that. That's why sports important. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 